0: Your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Our 16th annual National Summer Preacher Series bears witness to the Gospel by reflection on the theme, Lucan Biblical Theology. Our preacher this morning is the Reverend Dr. Karen Coleman, who serves as the University Chaplain for Episcopal Ministry. Dean Hill is traveling this Sunday and sends his best wishes to all. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us worship God in the spirit and in truth. As Abel, please stand in the praise of God. O merciful God, that your church, being gathered together in unity by your Holy Spirit, may show forth your power among all peoples, to the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We now enter into a time of reflection on both the things we have done and the things we have left undone that might burden us throughout our days. As the choir sings the curie, let us pray. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. Please be seated for the reading of scripture.
1: A lesson from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter one, verses four through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you," says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
2: St. Paul's Epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. You have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire, and darkness, and gloom, and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them for they could not endure the order that was given. If even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering for if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks, by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reference and awe. For indeed, our God is a consuming fire. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now please join me in reading verses from Psalm 71 with the antiphon. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked from the grasp of the unjust and cruel for you o lord are my hope my trust o lord from my youth upon you i have leaned from my birth it was you who took me from my mother's womb my praise is continually of you And now, beloved, rise up in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria and the reading of the gospel.
0: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Glory to you, O Lord. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hand on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he had, was doing. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise, Praise
0: to you, Lord, Lord Christ. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Please be seated. Her name was Moselle Cogman Goines. She was born in Macon, Georgia in 1902. As was the norm in some parts of the South, education for African-American students ended at the eighth grade so that a woman could join the domestic workforce. Not one to follow in the steps of convention, Moselle applied to the incoming class at the University of Detroit's law school, entering in either 1919 or 1920. She arrived for her first day of class and came into the office to register and was met with a deafening silence. A direct quote from her granddaughter, Pat Rincher. Nevertheless, they allowed her to attend class. After her first year, she was told that some of her papers weren't quite up to par. Not to be deterred, she rewrote and submitted those papers, and the law school allowed her to advance to complete her second and third year. The Detroit Free Press published the 1923 graduating class from the U of D Law School and Ms. Cogman was among the graduating class. However, the story didn't end well. A week after the picture was published, she was called into the office and told she never completed her assignments from her first year, and therefore they would not confer a law degree on her. She later married, owned a dress shop, worked for for social service agencies, and remained active in community affairs. After a conversation with Pat this week, we realized that Mrs. Goines and my grandmother, Eunice Gunther Laurie, were friends and very active in the Detroit African-American community. My friend Pat recalls the law books that were in her grandmother's library and how people would stop by the house for consultation and advice. Detroit attorney Leslie Graves tried in the 1980s to petition UAD Law School to grant her law degree. The school only gave a commendation, but no degree. Currently, the Honorable Kathy Gilforth is leading an effort to confer the degree for the class of 1923, which is the year of the woman. Mrs. Goines passed away in 2002 at 100 years old, a pioneer and a tra- trailblazer whose story deserves to be lifted up and acknowledged. Cole Arthur Riley writes in her new book, This Here Flesh, You cannot tell the story of injustice without telling the story of power. Injustice has survived by cowering behind the guises of morality and ethics. And that power which is stolen, malformed, or inequitable, will, no matter how well-intentioned, always cast its weight in the wrong places. This is rarely accidental. Injustice has survived by cowering behind the guises of morality and ethics." quote. She goes on to quote the civil rights activist Bayard Rustin, when an individual is protesting society's refusal to acknowledge his dignity as a human being, his every act of po- protest confers dignity on him. I don't know if the expression, we made it through, is an apt description to describe this historical event. However, there are still people who, to this day, generations later, who are still figuratively carrying the weight of the world, the weight of daily injustices and microaggressions, the weight of grieving young people the weight of this week trying to get to your job on time if your only options are to get to the work on the orange or green line trains. What I do know is that people will always come together in the face of injustice to support each other, cook for each other, hold each other, cry with each other, hold space for each other, when on some days that was all that is that we can all offer. It is love and an awareness that no one should have to shoulder anything alone that keeps them together. If you have been listening here or have listened the past several Sundays, you know that our Hebrew Bible readings have proclaimed harsh and judgmental words from the like of Amos and Hosea, from Isaiah and this morning from Jeremiah. Well, this morning's reading describes the call of Jeremiah to be God's prophet despite Jeremiah's protest that he was too young for the job. Jeremiah himself describes that job given by God, which will unfold in the coming chapters of the book named for him. It's this, he describes it this way, See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms, to pluck up and pull down, to destroy and to overflow. Please notice this. something else in this morning's reading from Jeremiah, the last phrase to build and to plant we sometimes forget that the prophets in their harsh language were calling the people of Israel back to their lies back to lies faithful and responsive to the will of God using jeremiah's imagery we must remember that plucking up pulling down or even destroying or overthrowing in God's garden our action that needs to happen before before the new growth that Jeremiah talks about can occur. So this Sunday, I want us to try something. You know they say that when you are tense, we hold our shoulders up near our ears. So try this with me. Hold your shoulders up to your ears in a tense position. Then try to move your head to the left. Now to the right. It is hard. Now try to move your body to the left, to the right. It's hard. Now let go with an exhale. There is an expression, he, she, they, look like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. What we just did was an example of that statement. When you are carrying the weight of the world, it is hard to move. We don't know what weight the bent-over woman was carrying. Perhaps she was the victim of some sort of oppression. Perhaps her binary pronoun did not match their non-binary authenticity. Perhaps she was the victim of domestic abuse. If it wasn't for the fact that she was bent over, she would have just been another woman going on with her day-to-day activities. But Jesus noticed that she was carrying the weight of the world and had been for so long that people assumed that she had an infirmity. But Jesus sees her suffering and heals her on the Sabbath. Notice here that Jesus approaches the woman, not the usual healing stories of the infirmed approaching Jesus for healing. In the second half of the gospel, the woman recedes from the narrative and we move into Jesus's encounter with the leader of the synagogue. It's not the healing that concerns the leader of the synagogue. It is that Jesus heals on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath was meant to be a complete day of rest as God has, had rested on the seventh day. No work was to be done. No farming, no fishing, no shopping, no cooking, no healing. The leader was caught up in the winds and the wares of the letter of the law by pointing out that this was not the day. Pick another day to heal. But Jesus saw the same law much differently. The law did not trump God's action when it came to God's children, especially this child of God, the daughter of Abraham. From where Jesus stood, what better way to honor the Sabbath than by setting a captive free? This is why he came after all. Early on in Luke's gospel, Jesus made known his work in the world as he read the words of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has, grant, he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Luke 4:18 through 19. The invitation that Jesus gave the woman who was carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders is the same invitation he extends to us today. Jesus says, stand up, breathe, let your shoulders down with whatever the weight is of what you are bearing. He invites us to stand up and be transformed and to be released from the things that leave us bent over feeling low and less than, to be released from whatever bondage messes with our self-worth and our self-esteem. We are invited to come from out of the shadows in the valleys and into the light of God's amazing and healing love. So many times we try to put our best foot forward and never let on how burdened we really may feel. Some of us come into a place of worship with our brokenness and we feel that if we keep a smile on our face and pretend that everything is all right, no one will ever know the weight that we are facing. Once inside places where we think we are safe, we still are unable to look up and see the world around us. We may feel alone or forgotten we may struggle to see and remember that God is present. But like the woman who stood tall in the synagogue that day, we are the children of a loving and caring God. God's grace working among us and through us helps us to stand up straight. This summer, I served as a delegate for the Episcopal Church's 80th General Convention. A triennium convention that was delayed for a year due to COVID. A convention which historically has been held over eight days, was compressed into four days of legislation. And as a self-described church nerd, I was, so to speak, in my element. There were two important and moving highlights from general convention. The first was the expedition Exped, expedition of the late Right Reverend Barbara C. Harris, the first female bishop in the Anglican Communion and who served as Bishop Suffragan in the Diocese of Massachusetts. It was moved that Bishop Harris, who passed in 2020, be included in the Episcopal calendar of lesser feasts and fasts. The historical significance of this is that general convention usually doesn't add people until 50 years after their death. The other important piece of legislation was the creation of a fact-finding commission to research the denomination's role in the federal boarding school system that separated generations of indigenous children from their families and cultures in the 19th and 20th century. These actions come as U.S. Interior Secretary Deb Holland kicks off the road to healing, a national listening tour in which the secretary will hear from survivors of boarding schools in the United States. Convention members heard testimonies from clergy who had officiated at funerals for children's who remains had been repatriated from the former Carlisle Indian School in Pennsylvania. Others spoke of pushing the city of Albuquerque to acknowledge that children had been buried beneath a public park constructed on the former site of a Presbyterian-run boarding school. Still others shared their experience as survivors themselves or descendants of survivors. Ruth Johnson of the Navajo Navajo Land Area Mission attended two boarding schools, an experience which is still hard for her to speak. She spoke about being ill and being beaten and ended with, I could have easily been one of those who didn't make it home. To quote Bishop Mark Latamy of the Diocese of Alaska, This is important work and it's for all of us. You may think your diocese doesn't have a history with boarding schools with indigenous people. And while that might be true, there isn't a diocese in this church that doesn't have a history with indigenous people. I want to tell you there is no day, week, hour or moment that the God who formed and created us does not see our plight or hear our cries. Our God energizes us and gives us hope no matter what trial, burden, or injustice we might face. And God gives us one another to share in that hope. I would like to stand before you and preach that we are beyond being bent over, carrying the weight of the world, but we all are aware that recently we have witnessed firsthand the actions of the weight that is being pressed down on innocent children, the weight being pressed down on those who feel they are not heard, the weight of families whose loved ones have died as a result of gun violence, We are never in a position in God's eyes to oppress another, belittle another, scare or gaslight another, or to act like another is less than. That thought that it doesn't happen here, it won't happen here, it doesn't apply to me, disconnects us from the love of God and from our neighbor. Like so many prophets known and unknown, past and present, like Jesus himself, we have been put on this earth so that we might find a way to ease one another's pain and release from bondage and set them free. To raise a people and children who will stand tall knowing that they are precious children of God and worthy to share in God's love. It was a Sabbath day when the bent-over woman was told to stand, and stand she did and praise God. With God's help, any day is a good day to help others to stand. Amen.
2: Be seated. As we are called to prayer through our singing of Lead Me Lord, we invite you to pray in the ways that you are most inspired to support our prayers as a community this morning. Stand or kneel at the altar rail, raise your hands in your place, respond in a language other than English, however you are moved by the spirit this morning. I will set the intention and then we'll say, God in your grace, if you would please respond, hear our prayer and now lead me Lord. Gracious, loving, holy, and one, we pray with and for all who confess your name, for our unity in your truth, for our life together in your love, and for our revelation of your glory in the world. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We pray with and for our cousins and neighbors in faith traditions other than our own, for the works of blessing and courage, goodwill and peace, in and through us all, for the life of the world. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We pray for the people of this land and for all the nations, for the ways of justice and peace amongst us, for our honoring of one another, and for our service to our common wealth and common good. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We pray for the earth as your own creation, for our reverence for its diversity and beauty, for our right use of its resources in service to others and to your honor and glory. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We pray for all whose lives are closely linked with ours, for our service to Christ in them, and for our love for one another as Christ loves us. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We pray for all who face particular challenges of mind, body, spirit, relationship, for their comfort, healing, courage, and hope, for our standing with them in the common and extraordinary challenges of life, and for the joy of your salvation for us all. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have died For their life and work amongst us for their family and friends for your will fulfilled in them and for our sharing with all your saints in the life to come god in your grace hear our prayer we pray for the joys and celebrations of our human life those milestones which mark our journey those things which strengthen our hearts and promote our peace. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We pray in all these things that your will is done through your creative resource in the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. And now, as our Savior has taught us, we continue in prayer as we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation
0: Lord, giver of life, of salvation, of the Holy Spirit, we thank you for the gifts you continue to pour upon us. Take these gifts we return to you and use them for your glory now and forevermore. In Christ's name, amen. the liberating power of God, who is able to set all captives free, unleash that power within and upon you, your families, your communities, and with all God's world. Go in peace with the love of Christ in your heart and with the will to love all God's people justly, rightly, and fervently. Amen.